Look, guys, I know the pandemic was hard on a lot of us. I get it. I really do. But now it's time to get back to normal. And what a better way to get back to normal than to go back to sporting events, to return to concerts. I mean, I already can't wait to start adding to my bucket list with each of those type of avenues. And what a better way to do it than to go through Megaseats.com. This episode is brought to you by Megaseats.com. And honestly, since the pandemic is over, these are the biggest things that I'm looking forward to. And the best thing about Megaseats actually is that the price that you see when you purchase a ticket for any of those events, that's the price you pay. How many times have we went to other third-party sellers and found out, oh, wow, that's a great price. But then you click on it and then a service fee pops up and then something for like the candy wrapper of something you might buy or maybe the wrapper for a straw is what they're going to charge you extra for because you got to tip the popcorn guy. No, 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 no. That doesn't exist with Mega Seats. You see, at Megaseats.com, the price you see is the price you pay. Unless you use code SSAW Network. That's right. You go to Megaseats.com. You see a concert that's coming up. You click purchase. That's the purchase price that you get. And then you put in the code SSAW Network, and they take 10% off of that. Go to Megaseats.com. Get back to life. Use the code SSAW Network and save 10% in the process. Let's go. What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Cover Zero podcast. This is our week 13 preview. Today is Wednesday, December 1st. I'm coming at you live. It's Jordan. I'm sitting here with Josiah, the Raider representatives for the Cover Zero podcast. How you doing on this Wednesday evening, sir? Man, I'm doing good, bro. I'm doing really good. Can't wait for football Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Can't wait for this game in this afternoon, this evening, I should say. Yeah, yeah. As we're coming at you in this Thursday morning or this Thursday afternoon. We do have a nice one, which we're definitely going to get to. But before we do that, we want to want to go just a different direction before we dive into our games of the week. Since it's this time of the year, it's post Thanksgiving. We're sitting here in the 12th calendar month. This is the time where you really start to look at the postseason and start to envision how it's going to shape out. Currently, as it stands right now, this year, just like last season, seven teams from each conference representing. And as we look at the current playoff picture, we want to get into a discussion about which team that's currently in there that we don't necessarily have in there when playoff time rolls around. It's a pretty interesting one. I have one in particular in the NFC that's kind of standing out, and I hope a certain uh, person was able to be on the show tonight so I could have told her that. <laughs> but... uh I'm going to start with you, bro. Where do you have two teams, one in each conference? Do you have one? Who are you looking at that sits in the playoffs right now that you don't see in there when the clock and the calendar rolls over to 2022 and the postseason starts? So I'm going to go ahead and start with uh, – I'm going to start with the NFC. NFC. I'm going to start with them. And I'm going to start with uh, I'm gonna start with Brandy's team, man. I wish, she was, I wish she was able to be on here, man, so I could fire her up. I don't got them making it, man. I don't got them making it. 
Neither do I. I, I Washington football team. Yeah. Thanks for playing. <laughs> the Washington football team, man. Yeah, let, let's let's get that out there. I don't got them making it, man. I, I just think, and I like the football that they're playing. I think this is a really important game for them this Sunday as it is for our Raiders. This is really, you know, and, and it's crazy because I think for weeks, you know, in the NFL, that's what makes it so fun is that every week is so important. You hear that in like week four or five of this game gotta win this one oh, gotta win this one you, you know you hear that a lot you know and this one but when you get later on into november and in december these games really do matter especially if you've been on a high street and i gotta give it to washington they've been on a high street they beat tampa they just dominated seattle two teams i didn't think they were gonna win and then i forgot the third who who they they i'm blanking on the game Buccaneers, they, bro no the buck I, I mentioned tampa tampa oh yeah you're right tampa seattle and the Panthers. Panthers. The Panthers. And the Panthers, I can see them, they, they haven't been all that. So, But, but they kind of been the same as Washington, you know what I mean? That's true. That's true. That's true. But you know what? One thing I will say, and although I, I like a lot of what Carolina was, was, was doing early on in the season, Sam Darnold just really fizzled out and whatnot. But Washington, I had them winning the division. Me like, too. I'm not hold you. So I did too. I was, you know what I mean? I, I was really – you know, I, I was I was disappointed on how they really started off the season, but they're winning games when it matters, and they're really in 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 good fashion, not dominant fashion, but in good fashion. Seattle, it was it was it looked dominant for a minute. See, you know, they start to make their little run at the end, but I mean, this defense is playing the way that I thought they would have been playing early on in the season. So this is going to be a tough game for them, but I got them losing that game. No biasness, man. I, I just think I think our offense have found themselves. I think Deshaun Jackson has been a a he's coming around and yep. I think that was what we really needed. You know, losing Henry Ruggs, I think now having that speed back, not as fast, but pretty, pretty fast. Still you know, can be that lid lifter. Still take that top off. Yeah. He had a hundred yards. I mean he he was a he was a factor. I think the the Washington football team's gonna have to account for that. And I Think Gus is gonna get it together, hopefully, with the with because what they're gonna try to do, you know, he likes to play the soft coverage. He believes in his pass rush, pass rushers, and I get it, but I think he's gonna really, really try. Hopefully, he tries it to mix it up just a little bit and don't allow them just dink and dunk up the field, and and is able to really stop the run, which mm-hmm. was impressive what they did against the Cowboys. But this is not a a, a Raider and and Washington football team pod or a show or episode. I just had to throw that out there. I got Washington, uh, uh, you know, lo- losing that spot. And, yeah. and then when I look, you look at the rest of the schedule. So they got they got us, then they got the Cowboys twice, then they got the Eagles twice, and then they got the Giants. Their schedule is not too hard, but the Cowboys, I could see them getting swept by the Cowboys. I, I, I would say that I would say that they will. They yeah. They'll probably get swept by them. They will probably beat the Eagles. They'll get the Eagles at least once. And then the Giants, you know, Giants is they're trying to make a little, you know, a little serve. They're playing better football, especially on the defensive side. But I got the Washington football team probably beating them as well, you know. So the schedule is not too tough, but I just, I just don't see it, man. I, I don't see it. The team that I got replacing them is your Minnesota Vikings. Mine. You believed it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, not, not not as your team. We all know you're I know what you mean. We're we're the Justin Nomi. Uh we're the Justin Nomi and Cameron Howland. 
Yeah. Right. Tim O'Malley, <laughs> my, my, my resident Vikings fans. What's up, brothers? Yeah, man. <laughs> and shout out to my cousin, man. He and my boy Mark, Marcus Stokes, and my cousin Jerry, man. They both Viking fans, man. Diehards. But yeah, the, the, this team has really been playing some good football, man. And and we 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 spoke on it, and just the way that they've been playing throughout the season. I mean, if you look at some of their losses, their losses has been close. They've been close. They've they've, they've lost some overtime games. They've lost some close just close games in general. And they just had a bad loss versus versus the Niners, who I who I like a lot. You know, I like what they're doing right now. So I'm going to excuse that loss. And they didn't look good in that game. They just didn't look good. They didn't. They didn't. But I really believe, bro, I really believe it's more on what the Niners been been doing than what the Vikings, how they looked, if that if that makes sense. I, I really yeah, no, believe, I, I get that. Yeah, I get that. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't get me wrong. It's not they – I mean, you know, every team wants to win every game and all of that. It, you can't really excuse it. But if I had to excuse a loss over the last – you know, few weeks here because they lost against the Ravens as well. They barely lost that one by three, you know, and then the Cowboys. But then they came back after the Ravens, you know, going, going fast forward. It. They played the Chargers. They beat them by seven and they beat the Packers. I mean, I, I just – I like what, what they're doing. And I feel like that Niners loss was just more on what the Niners was able to do. And then if you look at their their remaining schedule, they got the Lions. I see them beating them. Lions For sure. Panthers. They don't even know how to win a game. The, <laughs> they don't even know how to. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? They they don't know how to win a game yet. The Steelers, I mean, they're up and down. They, they don't them. look. Yeah, they could beat them. They got so many injuries. Ben is who we thought he would be. You know, they got the Bears. I mean, I see them. I see them waxing them. I don't see them really doing too much. And both then they times. got the, so they get they get the Bears. Yeah, you know, both times. You know what I'm saying? Right, Shout out right. to Gibson on that. Yep. And then and then you know the Rams. Wearing I, them pajamas, I see, Gibson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, the, and then, the, and then the, that's a good one. Then the Rams, they'll lose. They'll probably lose that one. See, even the Rams, they haven't even been playing that well. So, you know, when when I look at this, I'm not saying they're gonna win the next five, four games, but I mean, I could see them beating the Lions, beating the Bears twice, beating the Steelers. The Rams is up in the air because the Rams haven't been playing that well. I don't think they'll sweep the Packers, so I got them losing that one. But they finish out four and two, nonetheless. Right. That's pretty good. That's mm-hmm. really good. Mm-hmm. You know, so. That would have them finishing out four and two if mm-hmm. they do, basically having them at nine and eight on the season. Mm-hmm. As it stands right now, they have an identical record to Washington. We have Washington getting swept by Dallas. So that would move Washington to five and eight. If mm-hmm. then Washington then say, let's say they split with the Eagles, that moves them to six and nine. And then if they can somehow, like, you know, maybe get a win with the Giants, they're seven and nine as opposed to the Vikings being nine and eight. Yep. Thus the Vikings taking that seventh seat. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the facts, man. I, I really and I wasn't you know, I was high on the Vikings last year. I was high on them last year, you know, and uh, I just didn't think that defense, you know, they have the talent there. I just didn't think it was ready. It wasn't ready last year. And I didn't think they would be ready this year. I thought they would be ready last year. They wasn't. And then I thought maybe they need another year to go through it. And then just the whole Kirk Cousins deal, the offensive line at times having troubles. It just, you know, was like, okay, a repeat from last year. But that's not the case. I mean, they've had, they had their losses. They've, they've had their losses for sure. But they've been heating up at the right moment. And the thing with the Vikings too, man, they always play to the level of the competition, yeah. it seems like. It's yeah. weird. I don't understand it. 
They go out there and they put up seven points against the Browns somehow. They yeah. turn around, they wax the Packers, right? Yeah. They sit there and they are about a foot of a distance away from beating the Cardinals in week two because of the missed field goal, right? If that field goal is a foot to the inside, that's a win. Yeah. Even the Vikings radio announcer, oh, we won because it was he thought it went in, but it didn't. Yeah, it did. All right. All right? right. They went to the it went to overtime with the Ravens. So it's like this is what they've done with the number one team in the AFC, the number one team in the NFC, and beat the number two team in the NFC. Right. So this team is clearly capable. It's just whether or not what version of them we see. And I think just over the course of these next six games, we're going to see a good enough version for them to be able to leapfrog Washington. Yes, sir. So yeah. that's my NFC. I don't know if you, you want to do your NFC and then we do That's mine. You, like, I'm, I'm in 100. Like, I got them out. I got the Vikings in. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we, we agree there. We good. Who's your now the AFC one? <laughs> that's the tougher one. Let me take a guess on yours. You got the Chargers out. You got the Raiders in. <laughs> facts, bro. I mean, I just got, I got. Hey, look, I just got to keep it honest, man. I got to keep it funky. You know what I'm saying? I, I got the I got the Raiders taking the Chargers spot. When you look, when you look, and I'm trying not to laugh because I know the listeners is like, oh yeah, you know, go figure. You know, I, I get it. But you but, said we was gonna be here at the start of the season, so I did. That's the whole point. I, I had us being here at the start of the season, and, you know, I, I, I had us. I figured that we'll probably beat the Bengals and lose to the Cowboys. You know, that's how I figured it would go. It went vice versa. We lost to the Bengals, beat the Cowboys. And here we are with Washington. And, see, I, I like it. You see, that's the thing, though, because it's better to happen the way it did because the Cowboys, obviously, well, I think so. Some people may not. But I think the Cowboys is the better team than the Bengals. So us beating the Cowboys. I would say in so. Yeah, you know, us beating the Cowboys in Dallas with the defense. And now they were missing their two wide receivers and all of that, but we were missing players too. Darren Waller went out early. Obviously, we're we're missing our our one of our speedsters, you know, and then, you know, we're just dealing with a lot. I mean, I I'm, I don't even gotta go there with that. So for that to happen and then us going back home to play Washington, I think that really sets up sets us up better than it would have been if we would have beat the Bengals and lost to the Cowboys. You know, they're playing a hot Washington team. So I, I like and then it's in Vegas, so I like that. And then that sets up another big showdown uh, versus K uh, Kansas City in, in Kansas City. You know, it's, and you know when you look at that last game when we played them in uh, Vegas. It was obviously it was a terrible loss. It was, you know, we we got our ass kicked. But one thing I will say, last year, not that it went that way, it didn't. But in as far as win wins and losses, that's exactly how it went. We lost in Vegas. Barely, but we lost. But we beat right, them right. in Kansas City. And Carr looked pretty good. So that's gonna set and depending on what the Chiefs do versus Denver, we'll see how that happens. I got them beating Denver. You know, we'll see how, how that turned out to be. So that's going to set up a big game for them. Then you got the Browns. They're they're up and down. You know, we beat them last year kind of convincingly. And they're – was it in – yeah, it was in Cleveland. It was in Cleveland, yeah. This one's in Cleveland. You know, it was in bad – I remember like, I was at a bar watching that game and just the, the wind was blowing. I mean, Baker and Carr looked terrible, you know, because – Yeah, it was – it was. It was uh, yeah, you'd have thought that, like, because it went to the run game, but the Raiders' run game, like, Josh was just getting busy. He got busy. Matter of fact, that was his let to me. I'm gonna say that was his last really great game. I mean, he's had good games. He's had some good games this year. That was, yeah, that was where he was like the focal point of just yeah. They had no answer. For him. Yeah, no answer, no answer for him. The O line uh, too looked real nasty in that one. Yeah, yeah. 
Then we got Denver. I got us sweeping them like we did last year. Hell yeah. And then the Colts. That's see, the Colts, that's a tough one. Because the last time we played them, wow. they gave us the yeah. No, they beat us. That's what I'm saying. They oh, waxed yeah. us. Yeah, bro. It was bad. It was bad. <laughs> it was hey, pretty bad. Like, they had, like, Jonathan Taylor, there was this one run where Ryan <laughs> Kelly and Quentin Nelson, they didn't part, like, they they didn't open up the A-gap, bro. That shit was the parting the Red Sea, like, yeah. Ten Commandments. Like, and Jonathan Taylor was, like, running through there with arms wide open. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. It, it, was, was, it was bad. Bad. It was bad. It was really. And then Philip Rivers, I thought. You know, he, he lit us up too, man. He he lit us up too. So that yeah, so that's gonna be an interesting game. That's in Indianapolis. And they're they've been playing some good ball. Matter of fact, if I, I got I'll say this. If it's not us, I'm not even gonna go with the Charles. I'm gonna say the Colts. I'm gonna say the Colts if it's if it's not us. Not that because I, I think they'll beat us or whatever, win or loss versus them. I just think they've been also playing some really good football lately. So Watch out for them. You see how John? You just mentioned. You see how uh, Jonathan's playing. I mean, he he's been playing really, really, really good football. So they got a good bounce. Carson's playing solid. I like what they're doing over there as well. Mm-hmm. But then going back to the Raiders, the last game is is Raiders versus Chargers. I think that game comes in to possibly be that that last wild card spot. You know, um, for between either the Raiders. I think it's going to come down to the three, but I think the Colts is going to – I still would have the Colts over the Chargers, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Chargers is over the Colts and it come down to the Chargers versus the Raiders at that that very last game. So, and I think I don't I don't see them sweeping us. Okay. It could happen, but I don't, I, I don't see that happening, especially if we play the type of football I think. If we beat Washington, then maybe, I don't know, we lose against the Chiefs, but then we beat the Browns and then the Broncos. You know what I mean? There's so much in the A of the AFC picture, bro. Like the one team I can like X out. I mean, call it what you want, listeners. But like, yeah, the Broncos, nah, nah, bro. Sorry, get yeah. to the back of the bus, the Spike yeah. Lee joint. You know what I mean? But <laughs> <laughs> get to the back of the bus. But yeah, it's between the Raiders, Chargers, and the Colts. Yeah, for that last spot. And I didn't have the Raiders making the playoffs this year once the before the season started. I didn't think that we would get what we have got out of the defense with such a turnaround from last year. Like, sure, there's been the games where, and not many of them, but basically just the Chiefs game where the defense, maybe we felt like could have done more. But, you know, overall, this defense has been, has delivered more than what I would have even expected them to in terms of if the defense can just get back to kind of average-ish. But we're really pressuring the quarterback with only blitzing at a 12% rate this year. That's incredible. So. So that's really incredible. And hats off to Gus for that, despite what I said about that dude, what he did against the Chiefs. Oh, wait, so, you had the right to go in on him, though. I mean, yeah, he's yeah, been right. doing so good, and then you see how everybody else is adjusting, then he – well, anyway. But go, yeah, yeah, <laughs> go yeah, ahead, for sure. <laughs> for sure. But, like, to look at this AFC picture, like, for me, honestly, like, I feel like – I feel like an ambidextrous two-face. Like, I'm flipping between coins in each hand, between the Chargers, the Raiders, and the Colts. Like, I don't know which team is going to land in there, and not one of them really has an easy task down the down the stretch, primarily because the Raiders play both of those teams. Right. So It's AFC. After this Washington team, at least for the Raiders, it's all AFC. It's all AFC, and there's really no – like, if you consider the Browns a break, I mean, if you do, I mean, for a long time, this Browns team has shown their – I mean, they're not a break, but, like, that's a, that's a game they definitely – 
no questions asked, should win. The Broncos just beat the Chargers handedly, you know, but the Raiders also beat the Broncos handedly the last time they played them too. So, I mean, it's so tough. I'm going to say, who takes that seventh seed in the AFC? Because I can't, because I really don't know, honestly, I thought about it all day. And I wrote down one team, then I crossed out another. Then I wrote down another team, and I crossed out another. If I could show you all my notes. But why not? Fuck it. Raiders taking the seventh seed. Raiders taking the seventh seed. Chargers out. If there's no other reason why I can't decide, let me just go. That's what my head says. I can't really decide who. And in that case, let me just go with my heart and pick the Raiders. The only thing I will say is I would feel like if I had to choose again, I don't think either one of them is gimme games, but if I had to choose one, I would choose Denver over the Browns just because the Browns in that run. I, I know last year they wasn't able to get nothing going, but they didn't have – they didn't have – who did they not have? Was it Hunt? One of them they didn't, or Chubb. They didn't, they didn't have, have Chubb. Chubb. They didn't have they Chubb had, down the stretch last year. Yeah. And so Hunt just came back. Chubb is back. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they stay healthy, they are going to try to run. They're going to try to run the ball. They're going to try to run the ball, but, like, Baker is so bad right now. <laughs> Like, 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 I mean, Bridgewater, he, he got dinged up in that Charger game after Derwin James put him in his grave. Uh, but uh, he got heat. So, and Drew Locke had to come in and play. And in no time, Drew Locke almost turned the ball over. He just can't help himself. Uh, he's been trash. Best thing he is is that, you know, lip syncing Young Jeezy lyrics. Right. So, <laughs> right. Right. His highlight. That's his highlight of his career. And I, that was the first time I was ever like, okay, all right. All right. First Drew. thing is last. His <laughs> his first and his last. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like the Jesus song, pay him in respect, and that that's the respect I'll give him. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yep. Right. Yep. Uh, so, but no, I'm gonna have to say like that Browns team. Just I don't like if there's going to be a point with the way that the the schedule breaks out, the way that games just break out, to where Baker's gonna be need to rely on to do something, and I'm not confident that he can anymore at all. So. And just that's why I'm pretty confident the Raiders should beat that team. But what so, about us stopping the run? That's why I'm worried. Versus against them? Washington. Well, yeah. If both of, <laughs> both of those running backs is healthy and they playing, yeah. Conklin's, we, out. We, Conklin's out for the year, but that's only one out of uh, probably the best offensive line in football between the Browns, what they still have. Jedrick Wills, he's rounding back into form since his injury. The interior is still intact between Joe Batonio, J.C. Treader, and Wyatt Teller. So, I think we still got to prove we can stop. I love what we did versus the Cowboys. That, that's why I'm giving us because they're 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 potent on the run game. They're potent in the passing game. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious to see because you know what Washington, but they're about to, they're about to try to run it. They are right, right. about to really try to run the ball. They're going to try to dink and dunk. They're going to try to really you know go with that that type of game. I yeah, guarantee. They're gonna, yeah, going to try to shorten the game. They've done oh, that yeah. a lot. They've really done that a lot where it's like they'll get one drive like, all right, it's a close game. We got a small lead. Let's milk the shit out of this clock. And they'll do it with just short little throws, just like four to six yards whenever they need four yards of play, you know, and just kill you with paper cuts. And that's what I'm saying. We have not been able to stop the run. That's why it worries me a little bit. But, you know, uh, know, I think we're I think with Gus, the Raiders are built more to stop the run than they have showed. In the sense with, like, you know, you run a lot of, you know, this, I've talked about it before, but the single high stuff that puts right, eight right, in the right. box routinely. Uh, and basically under Gus, too, the one thing I do have to give him credit for, and I haven't really even mentioned this on the pod, 
is how he's using Jonathan Abram in oh, basically yeah. in the box. Basically, Jonathan oh, yeah. Abram this year, mm-hmm. he's basically a linebacker. Yeah. He's that's like, I mean, and that's what he should be doing. Right. Right. Like you want him around the ball. You mm-hmm. want him to be able to chase sideline to sideline. Like he is, he's literally that's that's what he excels at. And when you need him to maybe get some depth here or there, then he can, you know, maybe do it. It's, it's still not ideal, but you know, I, he's he's being used in a much better way than before. So yeah, that's a fact. Yeah. So and he so, even said so, it too before the season started. Real quick, he just said that you know mm-hmm. he's he's more comfortable on where they have him playing. He didn't, you know, give any specifics on where it was, but I mean, we all kind of for anybody that heard that or just know where he should play, you know, we know it should be in the box. He's not a good cover. He he's never he, in college. I thought he was okay at times, but you just knew right. the way he played and the, the aggressiveness. And because of the lack of coverage, you just figured that, yeah, he needs to, he definitely needs to be in the box at least 70%. Yeah, you need to get him in the box. You need to get him going downhill. You don't want him working away from the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Just just not his skill set. So, and yeah, I think I think that's going to work. And it's and if you've seen a lot of times, too, when we do roll into, like, passing situations, he's literally playing linebacker. And then you have Trayvon Merrig with <sighs> Dolan Levitt playing the other safety position. I don't position. know why, Ian. Listen. <laughs> How is Tyree Gillespie? Okay, I'm gonna do this for just like 40 seconds, bro. Like, how is Tyree Gillespie not starting over Don Levitt? I think he's hurt. He's hurt. Okay, Roger, give me some Roger Teamer. I no, I hear you though. Teamer, (laughs) no, you know what? You know, you know, you're right. You're right. Teamer though, uh, just I don't know. No, he didn't. You know, he didn't get. But he was hurt for a while. He was hurt for a while. Then he came back. I think it was last or two weeks ago. And then he had the situation with the. Let me see. Was it? The bing, yeah, a fight. Something happened. Something happened on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. That was, that maybe was that wasn't versus the Cowboys. Or was that versus the Cowboys? It was either the Cowboys or the Bengals. But he's been injured off and on in the season. But I, I, I agree with you, dog. I agree with you a thousand percent. I don't know how number thirty-two, which is one of my favorite. I, I love that. That that's I love that number for a safety. I him being back there rocking that number and how sorry. I don't know how he's back there. Is what Gus is doing, man. But he really understands he understands his role. He can get people lined up, whatever, whatever. Yeah. But some guy named Daniel Sorensen does that too, and all of Twitter knows that he shouldn't be out there doing that. <laughs> exactly, bro. Exactly. So if not the Raiders, I know you said the Chargers or the Colts. Which one? Out of those two? Out of those two. I got the Colts. Edging. And I was I was going back and forth because then I said I would, I would say out of those two, honestly, the Chargers were the one that I had there because I think when everything is going the way the Chargers want it, like when Justin Herbert's in his bag, I that cancel Christmas. I mean, like he is his arm is unbelievable. I've said this since he was a sophomore, a true sophomore at the University of Oregon. I mean, when and it's just we talked about on a couple of pods ago how how Joe Lombardi has really kind of scaled back the ceiling of what it could be for that offense with his arm. So and I don't maybe he makes a change that offense doesn't really have a very noticeable speed element outside of Jayon Guyton. And, you know, he's only like hitter. He's not, you know, someone you can really draw up shot plays for on a routine basis. It's just necessarily he's not a a go-to guys, maybe like, you know, third, fourth option. So 
But when when things are down, I think Brandon Staley, he's a young coach. He his defense just doesn't have experience in, in that. Well, see, now that I keep talking about it, I'm walking myself through here. Right. <laughs> right, right. There's no depth on this this charge. And I'm going to talk about this when we start in one of our game previews. Surprise, surprise, Chargers Bengals. It's it's a big one. Right. Uh, so I don't want to really table too much on that. I'm going to get into it a little bit more. But depth is a problem for the squad. And I see it continuing to be. But when things are clicking and Austin Eckler, who's a beast, Keenan Allen, who just is almost always open, and just other ways they can attack you. And when you see Justin Herbert have these games where he's basically accounting for almost 400 total yards of offense and four touchdowns, et cetera, that team, I mean, and they came into Vegas and worked the Raiders when they had a, when the Raiders had a lot more healthy bodies and bodies that they went into this season with than the Raiders do right now. So I've just seen a greater ceiling from this Chargers team than I have from the Raiders and from the Colts. I think they might be able to capture that if it's not the Raiders to simply do it. Okay. Let's move into our game previews of the week. First one that we have on board is the Cowboys on Thursday night traveling to New Orleans to play against the Saints. Cowboys come into this game at seven and four. Meanwhile, the Saints sit at five and six. Started the season off pretty well, but since Jameis Winston's went down, they have lost four straight. Four straight. Who would have thought that, you know, famous Jameis, eating W, stealing crabs could have been the, the difference between all those wins? You know, but according to mybookie.ag, our spreads for this game, as we enter in on, on tonight's matchup between these two squads, Dallas Cowboys are minus five. New Orleans Saints given five points on the spread. And then the Cowboys also, the money line for the Cowboys, minus 220, plus 180 for the Saints with an over-under of 47. Now, as far as the spread goes in this one, I got the Cowboys. I mean, I'll table it like this. I do have the Cowboys winning by more than a touchdown. So if you were looking to lay some money in any point of this, I would recommend going to mybookie.ag and going with the spread specifically on this one. That's how I would do it. But before we go into how the game is going to unfold, I want to talk about how the Cowboys' COVID situation has really unfolded across this team. Sir. It's crazy right now, bro. Like, did you think we would have a team hit with COVID like this in 2021 when we have vaccinations and, you know, it's been widespread throughout the, the season like the way that it has? I'm not going to say that I was expecting it to happen, but I'm not like super shocked or anything. You know, I mean, because you still can get the, you still can get the, 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 uh, the um, virus. You know, if you're vaccinated for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we've seen different players get it. I just think it's hit, you know, it, it hit a team a little bit tougher than some of the other teams out there, but I'm not too shocked about it. I'm not really too shocked. You know, I mean, I, I just, I hope everybody's okay. You know what I'm saying? Everybody is straight and all that, you know what I'm saying? But, as far as it being uh, like a like a shocker for me or anything, I'm not too shocked. You still can get it. You still can get it. Your body just fights it off, fights it off better than it. Yeah, was. fights it off better. Antibodies stop. I mean, we don't turn this into a pro, you know, that type of pod. But right now, as the Cowboys sit, uh, they currently have no more players that need to adhere to the stricter COVID stipulations that are in place for unvaxxed players, at least for the next 90 days. Because how the NFL has done it throughout the course of the year, if you're vaccinated, you then are placed under a less 
a less restrictive set of guidelines. You can go to interviews without a mask. If you, your contact tracing is less, how would I say, hands-on, you can return to games quicker and to team activities and those things if you are vaccinated much quicker than people who aren't vaccinated. Pretty straightforward stuff. But the other part about it is that if you do contract COVID, whether or not you are vaccinated or unvaccinated throughout the course of the season, you have a 90-day grace period in the NFL where if you get COVID, come back, you are then clear to be in the unvaccinated or let's just say non-COVID protocol that the NFL has, or you can adhere to basically the same protocols as a vaccinated player. Kind of like Aaron Rodgers got COVID after we thought he was vaccinated, and apparently he was just immunized because of something about Joe Rogan. So then after he got COVID, he was able to come back and still resume the same type of activities and adhere to the same guidelines that he was before. Go make sense of that with what you will. <laughs> but uh, right, right, right. nonetheless, all the Dallas Cowboys players are either that are left are either unvaccinated and or either vaccinated and the players that aren't have simply had COVID. So after they get through this run of it, they might be okay. Amari Cooper returned to the stadium on Monday. He still needs to clear a conditioning protocol. I had mentioned that last year was when they put them through like kind of a conditioning test to check their respiratory health and things of that nature. Mike McCarthy, though, and five members of that coaching staff will not be attending, as will uh, the tackle Terrence Steele. He had replaced Tyron Smith for a while on the left side. Their rookie corner, Nashawn Wright. He will not travel. He's primarily been a special teamer throughout the course of the year, so that shouldn't be too bad. Offensive lineman coach Joe Philbin and a couple other offensive assistants aren't going to be there as well. Do you think that all of these guys that are out, the potential of still maybe not necessarily having Cooper is enough to derail this team tonight when they kick off against the Saints in New Orleans? I'm not going to say it will derail them, but it could hurt them. It could hurt them on different play calls and whatnot. I know Dan Quinn, if if I'm correct, right? Dan Quinn is the one taking over as far as yep. head coaching duties for that game. And obviously we've seen what he was able to do with Atlanta. So he has a lot of experience. So he'll be ready. He'll have the team prepared and all of that. But I definitely think it affects them, but I don't think it's going to derail them. You know, yep. I, I think it, it, you know, again, I mean, hopefully everybody's okay. You know, I, three strengthening coaches, three offensive coaches, like you said, offensive tackle and Terrence Steele. So, I mean, they, they, you know, and then Amari Cooper, we're still unsure with him. And then CeeDee Lamb, but what, I know his wasn't COVID-related, but. He's back, he, though. He's back? Okay, that's what I was trying to figure yeah, out. Yeah, he's expected to play. Okay. So, I mean, they got him. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm expecting him to still, you know, do damage, you know, but I. You know, it affects them because they're not going to have their main, you know, their main guy making the final decision, Mike McCarthy. You know, he obviously, he doesn't call the plays over there, you know. So I, I think I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be fine. Okay. Yeah. The biggest thing to me when looking at it, I'm, agree, I'm in agreements with you. There will be those differences, of course, when you lose your offensive line coach that can tend to make things a little bit more difficult just for adjusting. Yeah. Joe Philbin is a good one, too. Joe Very Pilbin. good one. Yeah. Very good one. Oh, and because of me and my my football nerdiness, uh, I had previously sent you, I think last year, I'd sent you uh, Carl Scott, the Alabama's, well, previously Alabama's cornerback coach, doing his Cover 7 seminar. Right, 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 yep. Who's now actually now a cornerback coach for the Minnesota Vikings, Carl Scott is. Uh, Joe Philbin has a dope one on pass protection on YouTube as well. 
check that one out. So like literally two hours on how he teaches pass protection. Nerd shit, bro. Like <laughs> hey, that's that's part of being a football junkie, dog. I'm a, I'm it's what it is, man. man. It's just <laughs> like free knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> Turn it yeah. on. You love the game, that's what you're gonna do. Anything you love, that, that's 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 what it is. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You're gonna be a nerd at that. Yeah, 1,000%, 1,000%. And to keep on the nerd train, Dallas, in terms of why I think we should, can, why you guys should hit the spread on my bookie is because Dallas has covered the spread six straight games against NFC opponents, and now they're going into one in which Sean Payton has basically said that Taysom Hill is going to start. He's been taking the first team reps with this squad right now. And primarily for me with the Dallas team, as I look at this game, yes, there's not going to be a Mike McCarthy. There's not going to be a Joe Philbin. We talked about that. But honestly, I think the two most important coaches that have least made an impact on the success of this Dallas team this year there will be there. Yep. And that's Dan Quinn. And, and that's Kellen Moore. <laughs> right, right. Those two dudes are still there. And that's really, for me, for my money, that's all you need. You know who I was hoping that got it? I know, I mean, Dan Quinn makes the most sense because he's got the experience. But Kellen Moore, I, wanted mm-hmm. to, I, I was kind of hoping that Jerry Jones put him there because, you know, I mean, a lot, and just real quick, you know, we're not going to get yeah. too deep into it, but he's been, you know, everybody's assuming, which rightfully so, because he's done a great, he's done a great job with that offense that he's probably going to get a head coaching gig. And it would have been crazy to see him, you know, go in as a head coach for the, you know, interim head coach real quick for this game, just see what he can do as a, as a head coach for a game. And it, and if that would have happened and he would have done a, would have done a great job. I think it would have been a possibility. I mean, I think it's still a possibility. that. Might if you were Jerry Jones, would you have appointed DQ to be that, or would you have let Moore get his first crack at it? I probably would have put Moore there, probably. And only why I say probably is because Dan Quinn got the experience. You want to win, and you know he knows what – for the most part, you he knows what to do. He's had a lot of experience. But Kellen Moore, I want to see what I got with him. I want to see what I, I really want to – even if even if the – we, we got the Cowboys – making the playoffs, I just want to see what kind of head coach he can be. Because he, I mean, he's getting raved about a lot. A lot of right. different media outlets is talking, a lot of the fans is talking about him. People are thinking that, you know, maybe Mike won't be there and Kellen Moore will be the head coach. If that's the possibility. And then I'm hearing that maybe Kellen Moore, like there's other teams that's going to interview him and whatnot, but they're, they're thinking that, you know, Jerry Jones is going to pay him more to stay with Dallas. And the only reason why I can see him doing that is because he 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 may look at him as being the possible head coach. Well, if that's the case, and if I'm Jerry Jones, like if that was me doing that, if I'm thinking like, because he's got to be thinking that one. Oh, he knows. That's going to interview him. That that might try to take him away from our staff. I'm gonna have to pay him more. If I'm thinking like that, I would have gave him this shot because then okay. that would let me know just something what what he can do. I know it's only one game. You know, I, I get it. But I want to see what he can do as being in charge of a whole, you know, every unit, every player, mm-hmm. and still calling the plays. And let's see what he can do. That yeah. that would have been me. But I'm not mad at the Dan Quinn because I, I get it. It makes it makes yeah. sense. But I think Kellen Moore makes a little bit more sense just because of the position he's going to be in next year. I would have kept it this way only because for right now, until I am basically giving Kellen like the off season and everything that a head coach gets. Right. I only right. want. I don't want anything. I don't want to go into this game with anything changing for Kellen. I want to keep it to where, like, look, Kellen, you just keep doing what you're doing, bro. Call the plays. Right, design right. these awesome plays that you're doing. Keep keep at it. That's all you got to worry about. You don't got to worry about nothing else. 
Right. You're one of the youngest coordinators in the NFL. Right. You know what I mean? Just what is keep 34, it to that. Like 34, 35? 34, 34, yeah, 34, 35, 34. Something like that. Yeah. Like he's, I think he's younger than Sean McVay, who's like for a while been the youngest head coach in the, in the NFL. But, but yeah, yeah. But like, no, that that's the only reason. But I mean, I'm with you in the sense of like, Kellen go and get those offers. Those are coming down the pipeline. And Jerry Jones is too smart of a businessman to know that people aren't trying to make those business moves for that hot commodity you have calling plays on your sideline. So, yeah. So what, but what, but how do you think, what do you think Kellen Moore does? Do you think he says, Hey, look, I'm gonna go over here and be the head coach of. Honestly, I think Kellen might take the route that the enemy has. Because okay. I remember when we were talking about BNME all season, all year long last year, like, how is he not getting hired? Then there was that article that released in The Athletic a couple of weeks ago about how he was basically like a fingernail shaving away from taking that Bengals job when they, like, like some time ago, I think it was when they hired Zach Taylor in 2019. Huh. He was almost ready to take that job. I'll have to share that article with you. I don't even know if you saw it. I didn't even see that. Oh, he was like. <laughs> you know, when I heard, well, I'll, I'll say what I heard after you finished. Basically, just like that's like he decided, nah, nah, I've kind of got some unfinished business. Nah, I'm kind of, I'm okay. I'm good, you know. And maybe Kellen is there at least for now. And he wants to ride this, what he's doing out further and, and maybe see where he can go with it. Cause last year, it all came crashing to a halt with all the Dak being injured where it started. And then from there, domino after domino just fell into where things didn't formulate the way they expected. And maybe now I think he wants to see where can he take this? And if Dallas doesn't reach Super Bowl this year, which I don't really have them coming out of the NFC myself, I could see it. I could see a scenario based on, of course, how the season's gone, but I'm not picking them. But maybe Kellen wants to see what he can build and what he can establish there with a quarterback that has still many years left a receiving core that has a lot of years left, an offensive line that he could maybe continue to throw resources at and just maybe see what he can establish and build. I see. I, I hear where you're coming from. I hear what you come from. But I don't know if that's more of an enticing offer somewhere. Like, say, for example, I don't even want him in, in Vegas. I, I think I think at the end all, although I do got us making the playoffs, I don't think Rich is going to be the guy that's going to be the head coach next year. That's just my gut mm-hmm. feeling. Uh, and I know a lot of things. I've seen Kellen Moore, Kellen Moore. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't personally have Kellen Moore as the head coach, but I think there's some positions, and I'll use the Raiders for example. You know, especially if they keep Derek Carr, the offense he can do around those wide receivers. He he got the first round picks. You know, Mark Davis is not Al Davis, so he's gonna let him kind of kind of situated however he kind of wanted, along with the GM, which is gonna be interesting on how that plays out you know Mike Mayock and how that's going to work and, and whatnot they keep him or if they get somebody maybe Kellen likes I don't know just if that were to happen I don't know if and then more money and then being in Vegas you know I, I don't know if that would be enough being an offensive coordinator and just seeing what he could do there versus doing going to another team that has some similar offensive weapons the and, and the picks and all of that more money good city good state you know, uh, so that that that's 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 all I'm saying with it. But with Eric being me, just real quick on that, because that Zach Taylor, that's interesting. I didn't know that. I got to read that article. But I'm inter- I'm I'm I really want to know what happened last year 
You know, and even even the because Zach Taylor, how long he he's been there for two years? This is third. Twenty nineteen, twenty twenty, and this is third. Okay, so this is third year. So I'm curious of what's been going on over the last two years because that's the thing we don't know I that heard, yet. But if if this article comes out in twenty twenty one about how close the enemy was in twenty nineteen, what article going to drop in twenty twenty two that talks about where he was at in twenty twenty, etc. Maybe he didn't want that. Still. Maybe he didn't want that Houston job, which right now I don't blame him. Oh yeah, I wouldn't take I wouldn't take that either. But you know what, what I, mean? I was hearing, yeah, I wouldn't take that either. But what what I was hearing is I was and me personally on my list, and I'm gonna drop that on SSAW. I got him second on my list. So just you know, just to throw that out there, I don't want to like oh, the enemy is second on your list. He's second on my list. Yeah, I, I got uh Dayball first. I got him first, bro. <laughs> you already know where Makes I'm, sense. You know where I'm going with. I got I got I'm a little. Bro, you know, we talk so much goddamn football. That's <laughs> <laughs> just where I, bro. I mean, come on, we we relate. You know what I'm saying? Um, so Eric being to me is not that you know it's nothing against him or whatever, but I heard he doesn't interview well. That's what that's one of the things that I've heard, and to me, I kind of believe it because I still don't understand how he does not have a gig yet. I get the Houston Texans. That's one. That's one gig. But some of these other gigs out here, you know, I just – like Carolina – I swore he had the Carolina job. I thought that he was going there for sure. Like, okay, this is this is where he's going. No doubt. Didn't happen mm-hmm. there. The 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 Texan job, I thought, okay, yeah, Deshaun Watson, but then that, you know, that flamed out. You know, uh, I didn't even know about the bingo gig. That's another one right there. Yeah. And that's – I mean, but see, Mike Brown, who's the owner over there, I think I got his name correct. He a little bit different, you know what I'm saying, as far as how he treats his head coach. He, you know, he, he, he's different, you know, from what I've read and heard. So I, I could see why he might not want to go there. But I don't know. I, I just – it just seemed like I, – I, I don't know. Maybe he's waiting for the perfect opportunity, but it just seems like right now he already had it. Let, let's rewind back to the Saints-Dallas game. And as far as how we look at this going before we exit out of here, with this – with Dallas not having Amari Cooper – and well, maybe I don't want to say not having him, but maybe not having him. Right. But CD Lamb is back. One thing that you had touched on, which I agree with, is that when they played the Raiders, I thought we were going to see a heavy, heavy, heavy dose of the run, and that wasn't the case. Right. So in this game, the Saints' run D has been very, very stout. Arguably the best in the league against the run between them and Tampa for my money. The Saints right now are averaging a league low of three point four yards per, excuse me, per rushing attempt. And they are the second highest graded team against the run per PFF. Mm-hmm. Demario Davis is just balling this year. Shout out to Andy Bolowicki on the on the uh, SSAW page. Mm-hmm. Always repping his Saints. Always the one who can I can sit there and talk about how good Marshawn Lattimore, Marcus Williams, and Demario Davis are. And there's going to be a lot of times where he meets Zeke in the gap. Do you think there is any way that this Saints team? coming off of four straight losses, starting Taysom Hill, having question marks about playmakers on the offensive side, can go ahead and overtake Dallas? They can. I mean, they they this has already been a weird season. It definitely can. But, you know, I, I, just, I find it hard just because I just don't think they got enough on, uh, offensively to really get something going. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, the, the run game has been good. But now with with um with CD Lamb coming back and and I I just feel like and then with Dallas they need this I mean they you know over their last what is it over the last what three four five five games 
Okay, so they've lost three of those games. They lost against, obviously, our Raiders. They lost against the Chiefs, all AFC West teams, the Denver Broncos. They beat the Falcons, and they barely got through the Vikings. They need to win this game, you know, so I think it's more pressure on them. I think, you know, Dak having his having uh, one of his well, his best weapon, I hands down, I think. Cooper. You know, uh, yeah. Well, no, Lamb. You think Lamb's better than Cooper? Yeah, I think as of now, because Cooper, it's not so much. I'll, I'll put it this way: I don't think he's necessarily maybe a better wide receiver at this point in time. But I just think because Cooper's had so many different, just either he's hurt or something. You going know, on. a game goes like he has an off. I don't know. It's just he's. It's just kind of weird with him at times. You know what I mean? But it, it's hard. I've always believed in you know it's putting the vet over the the. I don't want to say this, but if if a wide receiver's kind of been if they've been well, I don't even want to get into it too much. I'm just gonna say that <laughs> it would be in a whole nother conversation. But Cooper, I would edge over Lamb at this point in time. But I just think because it's so much going on with Cooper at times, I would probably put Lamb ahead of him just because of what's going on. Talent wise. Yeah, talent wise, I would edge, I would edge Cooper, but you know, it, it's close. It's close, but yeah, I, I think him having his web, having his weapons back, you know, and and them being knowing that they're on the edge and they need this, and just the Saints not having enough on offense. You know, like I, they're good at stopping the run at this point in time, but see, they haven't went against a passing offense like this in a little. Who's the last team they went against? They went against the Bills. We've seen what the Bills is able to do. They don't like running the ball really for nothing. I mean, they they've ran the ball at times better this year. They rank higher, right? And, and then they uh, they lit up the scoreboard against the Saints. Yeah, but they they lit they lit them up mainly in the passing game. So I, I just feel mm-hmm. like them and, and yeah, see, Josh threw for what was it four TDs? Yeah, yeah. And see, imagine Dak could do the same thing. Dak could do the exact yep. same thing, but plus yep, yep. they like to run the ball more. They could run the ball. They will be more dedicated running the ball than Brian Dable will. Oh, for sure. Oh. That's why I like Dallas, man. I feel like yeah, their they, offense, like they can kind of do whatever they want. It's well balanced. It is. That's what I'm saying. So, like the Saints, they've been good at stopping the run, but at the same time, like how they went against a quarterback that can that can really like, you know what I'm saying? They haven't went against a QB that could really, you know, pass the ball around like Dak has been able to do in the last few games. I mean, besides yeah. they have, but not to a put it this way, a QB that could pass the ball like that, and then an offensive coordinator or the play caller being dedicated to the run. That's how it should how it should work because Josh is he could do the same thing Dak can do but mm-hmm. Brian Dable don't really care for really running the ball like that and that's not how the Cowboys work so this could really open up that running game you know and it could look real ugly for the Saints so I, I just don't think the Saints got enough on offense I got the Cowboys winning this one 30 to 17 30 to 17 I'm gonna go 30 to 17 bro would put you half a point below Half a point away from that over under. No, you'd actually, you'd honestly, you right at that over under. It moved. It moved. The over under is sitting right at forty seven. <laughs> you got it, thirty to seventeen. <laughs> That's dope. That's dope. Um, I got the Cowboys winning too, handedly. I'm gonna think this is more of like a ten point victory. Okay. Give me eleven point. Let me give me give me twenty eight seventeen. Okay. Cowboys. Okay. 28-17 Cowboys, 27-17, something like that in that nature. That's kind of where I'm going. Just because, like, you know, Dallas going to be like, all right, it's a short week. We don't need to really 
you know, grind it out at the end. Let's kind of take our foot off the gas. Let's okay. let Taysom do his Taysom thing. Right, right. They want right, to put right, Trevor right. Simeon out there, be my guest. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, they ain't really worried about that. Dallas coasts to another win, thus helping them out in the playoff position as they sit there in the fourth seed in the NFC, have them coasting to a victory, and they would land at eight and four, first place in the NFC East. Moving on now to our Sunday game of the week. Apart from our own biasness, we will not be talking anymore about the Raiders and the Washington football team. But nonetheless, we will be venturing into the Chargers at the Bengals. We had talked about this Charger team a little bit earlier. Currently, as it stands, the Bengals are favored by three money lines, sitting at plus 145 for the Chargers, minus 170 for the Bengals. Over under sitting at 50 and the hook right now. 50 and the hook right now. In this game in particular, this is one with just how it kind of breaks out according to mybookie.ag that I'm not really going to place one on if I was feeling rich and wanting to roll into my coins like I was Scrooge McDuck. I'm not going to do that. So, but looking at how this game is going to break down, we talked about how close the NFC is. Chargers at six and five, Bengals at seven and four. Huge pivotal position game because as we had laid out both teams right now sit in the playoff picture in the AFC if it was to end today let me just start it with this actually this this actually here we go got my first question of the day that just dawned on me (laughs) where does this Bengals wide receiving course stack up in terms of comparisons to the rest of the NFL now that's a good one (laughs) <laughs> I say that all the time, but that's really a good one. I don't even know. Uh, I'm going to say... Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, the rookie Jamar Chase. I'm going to say... It, uh, we can even put Joe Mixon in there. Let's throw C.J. Uzama. Right, it's it's right, dudes right. that you, that dudes that basically can do something in the passing game against you. Yeah. T. Higgins was nice last year. That's, that's nice year. last year. Boyd, same thing. Um... Man, you have man. them top. I think they're hands down top five. They're definitely top five. Yeah. I have them top five. Me, I have they them might, top What about in the AFC? They may be top. I think, well, because in the AFC, I, I think they might be the best. I, I, I got yeah. them as the best in the AFC. I, I had them top three myself as I think about it because the two other teams that immediately came to mind were Dallas, who we just talked about. Considering if they were healthy with Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup. And then the other team is the Bucks with Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson. I would say the Bucks have the best arrangement of pass catchers across the board. That was that's just me between like, you know, they got what Jalen Darden as like their sixth guy. Scotty Miller, Tyler, you know, all those dudes I just named off. You can go to the tight end room if they were all healthy. O.J. Howard, Cameron Brait, Gronk, you know, Gio Bernard or whatever you want to do with the running backs. doesn't really matter at that point. Then the Cowboys, they got Dalton Schultz, Blake Jarwin, those three wideouts, Zeke yeah. and Tony Pollard. But then really with Cincy, I mean, Uzama is a very underrated pass catcher. Joe Mixon can really mix it up yeah yeah, and, and, and do damage as a receiver. And then you got Boyd, Higgins, and, the, you know, so – I'd put put him at three, myself. Yeah, I, I would probably. Uh, I think Tampa got the best. Me too. And then I would have Dallas, and then yeah, bro. Uh, 
Yeah, I probably would go Cincinnati. It's probably got to be. Um, yeah, I probably would. I probably would, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, Cincinnati. And then in AFC, it's crazy because I do like the AJ, the, the, the AJ Brown and the Julio Joe, but because – But that's like, just, that's like just two dudes. Yeah. It's only two, but I'm just saying in the AFC, just in the just yeah. At, if we just talking about the AFC, I was trying to think on who Chiefs, Kelsey Hill, but no. then eh. oh, yeah, and then Bills. You got Diggs. I, I like Beasley is just a slot. Denver got some wet now. See, Denver Denver's is nice. Denver's might be the next one in the AFC yeah. after them yeah, if, they, if they were fully QB. healthy. Yeah, yeah, well, QB. Yeah, it's the, in the QB, but like just if they were at full health, because then they'd have KJ Hamler as well. Then you got Hamler, Sutton, Tim Patrick, Judy, like that's, and then Noah Fant, Albert O, Javante Williams. Yeah, so I'd, I'd probably have Denver. Yeah, it's, it's kind of right there. No, I can't but, even say, but see, that's the thing, though, because they don't got the cute. I need to see the production, and I know that's not on them. I get it. Some of it right. is because of the injuries, but the QB position, if they had that QB, that's the thing. If when they get that, whoever that QB, I hope they don't never get it. Yeah, same with me. I was, to say, I was about to say, I don't want to see that shit. Yeah, I don't want to see it either. But, I mean, just to complete this, this <laughs> complete what we're talking about. Like, I think Russell Wilson's on the move at the end of the season, and it better be not on the move to that Mile High City. Sierra better say, no, nah, I can't do it out there. It's too cold. Let's go to New York. Aaron, too. Aaron, too. No, no, I ain't even going to put that into the universe by any capacity. No, no, hold on. Hold on. I'm only putting in the capacity him leaving. Because it's possible. Him leaving. Not going to do Just, I even, look, just leaving. Just leaving. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. He can go anywhere. You know, who knows? But anyway. Yeah, no, I'm with you. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's a good question. That's a good question. I'll probably have him third, though. I mean, now just thinking about everything, I would have to agree with you. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would say, uh, yeah, I'll go third. Okay, yeah, let me arrive at the same spot then. This game playing uh, in Cincinnati, Bengals have had some impressive wins. Their point differential in comparison to the rest of the league is very high. And where I kind of want to start the conversation about this squad, really, is their defense. And Talk about it. Talk about it. We have, bro, I mean, like, we we talked, we did our whole, like, every year we do our preseason, like, you know, our free agent wrap-up and kind of what their scope for the season is looking like. And, I, you know, I at least remember, I can't remember this much, like, they added Trey Hendrickson from New Orleans. They added Chidabaya Wouzier from Dallas. They added Mike Hilton from Pittsburgh. And I was like, cool, 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 across the board. Uh, Mike Hilton's my guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was one of our favorites right there. Yeah, Mike Hilton's my dude. He's been for I just love the, a person with his type of skill set. He is what you want from a nickel corner it's in 2021. It's hard to play nickel. It is so hard. hard. So hard. Like you're a you're a Sam linebacker, you're a corner, you're a safety, you're you know, you're an edge rusher, <laughs> depending on the down and the distance. You gotta wear all these different hats. Right. And he does it amazingly. Had a pick six last week against his old squad, you know. And it's and those three dudes have just been so good for this team. So good. Trey Hendrickson has literally gotten better every year. I say it all the time. Progression is not linear. We always think that, oh, he was this good this year, and he'll be better in year two and better in year three and better in year four and five and six and so on. It's he might get a little better. He might take a step back. And he might get a little better. You know, it's never just 
yep, I'm just going to climb the mountain. But Trey Hendrickson has literally done that, right? He's already matched his 33 pressures from last season. When he was playing in New Orleans, he's finished the year with, what was it, 14 sacks last season. This year, he's already got 10. And the biggest question that all of us had was, all right, he was sitting on a defensive line that had blitzers such as Demario Davis, edge rushers and Cameron Jordan, interior powerhouses like Davenport. Is he going to be able to be that guy with only DJ Reader there as a help and Larry Ogunjobi doing what he's going to do in the middle to be able to still cause enough havoc? And here he is 11 games in with 10 sacks and already equated his career high in pressures. Go ahead, Trey. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Crazy. It's crazy because we talked about him, but not too many people was really talking about him, bro. Nobody true. Was really, you know, I mean, he kind of just got overlooked in a weird sense, you know. So and he's living up to it. He's living up to the contract. He's living up to, to his play. I love it. He sure is. He sure is. And then Chidabe Awuzie, you know, we, I, we've talked about Mike Hilton a lot on this pod. I've made my all 22 videos on how great of a blitzer he is. Mm-hmm. We talked about him a lot. But Chidabe Awuzie is a dude that I don't even think I've ever mentioned on this pod, honestly, like to the degree that he's at least playing this year. And he is so deserving. Ninth best corner grade, according to PFF this year. And I'm, I don't, I don't know. I haven't done my bet, my corner rankings for this season, but he is having far and away the best season of his career. And I did not expect that to happen with him. I didn't think he was going to be able to make that type of impact. Playing on the opposite side of him is Eli Apple, who we all know his career struggles, his career highs, whatever they might be. But I really got to give it up to this Bengals defense, man. I've talked about Jesse Bates and how good he is as just a center field type of ball hawk. And he's continuing to do that this year. Keem Davis Gaither and Zach Wilson, two, I think they were drafted in 2020, two linebackers that are just really fitting into their mold. I got to give it up because we talked also about Lou Anaramu, defensive coordinator for this squad. Yeah. And I had a lot of questions for him. And he's got this squad just balling. 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 Stopping the run and pass defense. Yep. They're doing great right now, sitting at fifth in the league in terms of EPA, expected points added. Basically, is just a you know a measure of it's an advanced stat that measures basically just how much each play impacts the score. If you were to just break it down in terms of you know, it's pretty complex. I'm not going to really get into that too much, but it's just a measure of how good it is in terms of the outcome of your wins or the points that are going to go on the scoreboard. They're fifth there. For a more simpler term, more just traditional way to look at it, they have allowed the fifth, they're their top five in points allowed to opposing teams this year. I don't think anyone was expecting that this year. That wasn't simply in the building already in Cincy. Nope. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, Yeah, that's where I really wanted to start this conversation out. I'll swing it to you offensively to say just kind of where this Bengals offense is as we approach week 13. I mean, we just talked about their wide receivers and what they're able to do. That's one thing. They've been able, the other thing is they've been able to run the ball at will. Joe Mixon, who's somebody who I was I was really high on, had it not been his situation, he would have went in the first round. That was my favorite running back coming out that year. You know, I I I I like what he's doing right now, man. I really like what he's doing. The Chargers, they're not able to stop the run. It's just period, period, point blank. You know what I'm saying? Like he he's they they are not able to stop the run and. 
and the Bengals have been able to run the ball, period. Uh, you know, you talked about <clears> – you really broke it down. You, <laughs> you broke it down as far as that defense. <laughs> when I think about what they've been able to do over the last two weeks, you know, they went against the Steelers team that was able to – you know, they love to run the ball. Najee Harris has been a beast himself. You know, he, he hasn't had the, the highest of numbers, but he's had some really good numbers. They was able to stop him. Then they go, you know, obviously the week before that, they go against our Raiders. We only put up 13, 13 points, I believe. Derek Carr wasn't a, a, was a non-factor. We're more of a passing. We try to be a running we, – we've tried to be a running uh, a running team, but it just hasn't worked out. That offensive line reason. ain't going to allow for that. It just Yeah, it's just not going to work. At times, we, we look good versus Dallas, but it's just at times we're passing the ball well. We're more of a passing team this year. But we're – you know, like I said, with us being able to pass and the Steelers being able to run, you've seen what the Bengals have been able to do. And that's off a couple bad weeks. They're playing some really good football right mm-hmm. now, man. And they they've been able to shut down the run and the pass, you know, from the players that you the players that you named. And, you know, the 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 staff is really getting it together. Defense coordinator is really getting it together. You know, and it's crazy because, you know, just the team in general, I don't think the only person I could say, and we gotta go back and listen to this pod for the listeners out there. Anybody that's really interested to see who really, you know, who had this team or is it Henry actually had this team, not really with a I don't think he had them as a winning. He did actually have he them. Did have, he, did. he had them with more wins than we did. I think now I that you say that, I really do remember that. You <laughs> are really actually right. I thought he was crazy. I was like, what do you because he had them, I think, in like eight. I want to say he had them in like eight wins, and I had them in like four, something like that. You you was around where I was around four or five. Yeah, yeah. I thought Zach Taylor was like a for he sure. He was gonna get fired. Black Monday <laughs> candidate. You know what I mean? Black, bro. Black Monday. You know what I'm saying? Where coaches get fired. I, I just thought yep. he was gonna be that. He was gonna be that dude. But nah, man. They're they're balling, and the Chargers is going downhill. See that? That's that's the thing. If they both was playing at a high level, then I could see. Okay, well, you know, you look at it like where both teams are playing. At, but see that I, I don't really like I don't I don't and I'm not saying this because they're a rivalry. I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it honest. You know what I'm saying? I just don't see the 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 same Chargers team. They they haven't been able to stop the run all year, so we we already know that's that's nothing new. And the offense is just not as explosive, you know, as it was. I, I've had I've I, I mentioned this a few weeks ago, and it's kind of the same deal. There's passes that I see from Justin Herbert that he's missing downfield. You know the downfield game, and part of that is not—it's not just him, but sometimes it's—it's it's just they're not calling enough of it at times. They got the weapons; they do have some weapons back there, but I—I I don't know. Something's not clicking really with that offense, and the defense is there at times. It's just not the same, you know. So I don't know. I, I really like where this where this Bengals team is really going. You know, I really—you know—they really—they seem like they're starting to turn a corner. You know, and and you know, say what you will with the Steelers. I mean, the Steelers is right there for them to play the Raiders and the Steelers back to back like that, and 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 dominate both games. I I just that's impressive to me. You know, and and I I don't think nobody they swept the Steelers, right? They swept them. They sure so, did. I mean, I I don't know, and I will say I know you had, I know you had the Steelers with or Mike Tomlin with his first losing record. So you might have been the only one. I don't know if you thought this or not. I don't know who else, though, would have thought that maybe the Bengals would have swept the Steelers. 
this year. No, I certainly didn't Nobody have that. I had I had the Bengals in last, the Steelers in second to last, and I had the Browns in second with the Ravens winning the division. So I was it's looking like I'm gonna be right with the Ravens winning the division. It's looking I'm gonna be most likely right, probably with Mike Tomlin and them losing and kind of just having some, you know, blips in the middle of the division. So, you know. Yeah. Certainly got you the know, Bengals I just wrong. Say that. I certainly I, got the Bengals wrong. No, no, no. I just I just say that. I no, I just I just say that to say that the 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 Bengals itself, you're the only one. If you did, if you like, for example, you would have came out and said, Yeah, I had the Bengals sweeping the Steelers, I would say, okay, I'll believe you. Just on the oh, on the, yeah. on the just on the strength of you, because you was the only one that I, I remember saying that I got Mike Tomlin having his first lose, yep. losing season this year. So yep. I would see where you coming if you had that. I got you. Everybody else, no, nah, I don't see nobody else. Nobody thought that. Nobody thought the Bengals were gonna come in and sweep the Steelers. Period. And I, I know, mm-hmm. it's, you know, I, I get it. It's just the Steelers. I'm, t- I'm just saying in general, this Bengals team is playing some really good football. They've had their ups, and they're playing some really good football where where it matters. So, you know, I I like what they're doing right now, man. I do not like what the Chargers are doing. I got the Bengals winning this game 27-24. Yeah. Yeah, I got the Bengals winning too. And this was kind of something I alluded to earlier. It's there's not a lot of there's not a lot on this Chargers defense. Let me just start over there. That's really all that inspiring. Brandon Staley was able to work, not work wonders, that's the wrong way to put it, but was able to present a new way of playing defense in the NFL last season with that Rams team. He just had a different way of creating one-on-ones in the run game and then creating two-on-ones or advantageous numbers in the passing game. And a lot of the D a lot of the, the NFL is a cyclical league and they tend to adopt trends that will spread from one team to another. Pete Carroll and those Legion of Boom Seattle Seahawks teams made famous the cover three single high alignment that Gus Bradley still runs because he was a part of that squad. That's what he specialized in. It extended over to Dan Quinn. It extended over to Robert Sala and those guys. And you had a lot of different teams trying to go to the cover three. Then it came to who can bust the cover three, such as Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan. And then now you have teams going into the different two high looks that Brandon Staley and, and Vic Fangio specialized in. And other guys like Sean McDermott now have made really famous and, it's just this is how the league goes. And Brandon Staley was really one of those guys who was at the forefront of those different types of looks and incorporating safeties into the run fit, et cetera, et cetera. But now it's to a detriment to his defense. We have seen it be this way this year. And I think some of that, most of that, is because of personnel, not because of scheme. That's how I would have to look at it as. He doesn't have that same personnel that they had on that Rams defense last year. There's really... The difference maker up front for this Chargers team is Joey Bosa. Apart from that, Linville Joseph has really been a shadow of himself if he's even been himself on the field at all this year. He's climbing up there in age. Jerry Tillery, when I never really thought he was that much coming out of Notre Dame, thought he was kind of overdrafted. That's really coming to a head, too. You've got lighter bodies at that second level. I, I do like Drew Tranquil as, like, you know, maybe a. a yeah, he's. Yeah, he could blitz too. He got that. He could blitz and he can cover. You know, I like him there. In run fits, when you are playing two high shells a lot, you don't want necessarily a Drew Tranquil to be on the field when that's what you're doing because that makes you very light at that second level, especially when you have one dude removed from that second level with two split safeties. So 
losing Denzel Perriman coming over to our Raiders, who's currently leading the league in tackles. That's another element that's really going downhill for them. And then now with Asante Samuel Jr. being hurt and Chris Harris not necessarily playing up to the bill that we're used to from him, we're seeing basically this defense just have Derwin James and Joey Bosa. And it's allowed them to be gashed more times than not. And then we talked about last week, or not last week, but a couple weeks ago, Joe Lombardi just really limiting how they've not thrown the ball downfield with Herbert's arm. I talked about it before, and they're still kind of sticking with that same type of approach. And when you have turnovers like they did last week, Justin Herbert, I believe, was hit 11 times. And out of those 11 times, he was sacked three times, four times, three or four times. Two of those sacks ended drives. They were on third down and got to have it. Third and six, third and five, third and seven. Those type of, we have plays in our playbook to pick them up. We have a quarterback who's capable to get the ball there. We have receivers and a running back who are big enough mismatches to get open in that time frame. But geez, our offensive line is so hurt because Brian Belaga, the starting right tackle that they acquired in free agency, his body's just, it's not holding up. They haven't really had him except for any time this year. The Storm Norton starting at right tackle. Matt Filer, who they grabbed over from the Steelers, he's not playing. And it's just all coming, crashing down. I think right now the only two linemen that they have starting are Corey Lindsley, who they grabbed from the Packers, great signing at center, and then their left tackle rookie, Rayshon Slater, who's been balling too. Apart from that, you have three holes on that offensive line that are even making it harder. So maybe that could be why Joe Brady is elect or Joe Lombardi is electing to go with shorter passes because he knows that Herbert maybe can't hold onto the ball that long with the help of the current offensive line. Huh. I just had an epiphany on the podcast. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> but either way, it's resulting it's resulting in just, you know, basically it's resulting in the same thing that I've talked about. Only Matt Ryan, Tua, Daniel Jones, and Jimmy G have a lower rate of throws at the 20 that travel 20 yards down the field. And Herbert himself ranks 30th out of 34 quarterbacks who qualify in terms of passes that have simply just traveled 10 yards. Mac Jones. Mac Jones is throwing the ball further downfield lately than Justin Herbert, which is crazy. I would have never thought we would have seen this. Never. Never. But But here we are. Yeah. Here we are. So the one way I think the Chargers can try to make some dividends this weekend don't go at Eli Apple, or no, don't go go at Eli Apple. Don't go at Chidabea Wuzier. Hopefully, they put Trey. Trey Hendrickson normally does line up on the offensive left side, which would be he's on the, the right defensive end as the defense. So he's going to be going against Rayshon Slater. If that happens, that's going to be dope to watch. But if not, and he goes to that other side, which I think we're going to have to see because Lou Anaramu has been coaching his ass off. That's going to be so bad because then you got DJ Reader, Larry Ogunjobi, and Trey Hendrickson all away from basically the strength of your offensive line. And good luck with that. You're not leaving Austin Eckler into pass block if you can because he's one of your better weapons in the passing game. So he's going to be out in the pattern. Yeah, I got the Bengals winning too, man. I really got the Bengals winning too. Let me score-wise, I'm going to go Bengals. 31, Chargers, 23. Yeah. Bengals, 31, Chargers, 23. That would give him a 54-point total. 
thus clearing the over and under according to mybookie.ag. Move into our last game of the week. And this is literally the last game of the week since these two play on Monday night. A battle for the AFC East. I didn't think that when we were looking at this game on the schedule, on the docket before the season started, I didn't think it was going to carry the weight that it did to start mm-hmm. off the month of December. Facts. Facts. But here we are. Here we are. Patriots come in with a better record than the Bills. The Patriots also have not yet had their bye, nor have the Packers as we sit here right now. And there has been a trend lately where to CJ Cuevas There has been a trend lately over the past few years where the Super Bowl team that ends up winning, if you go back and you look when their bye week was, it was around or after Thanksgiving. Teams that have those later buys, just whether or not that's coincidence or whether or not it's there's something to it, that's just simply been a trend that's occurring lately in the NFL. With this game right now, going into it, the Bills, at least, they're favored by three points. 44 sitting at the over and under. Money line, Pats plus 130, Bills minus 160. The Pats are 8-4, and four, according to their record, against the spread this season. So they've basically just won every game they've been favored in, and they've lost every game that they haven't been favored in. Pretty interesting. It's rare you see a team being, being that way. And if that was the case, that spread would suggest that they're going to lose this game. But with the money line sitting at 130, my other bet of the week would be the Pats at plus 130. Don't maybe necessarily bet your mortgage on it, but, you know, spend your beer money on that one. I can see that. I can see that. I can see that myself. How do you think on Monday night that the Bills look to attack a defense that's been playing very, very, very well, a coach who, could, who has put down master classes in terms of stopping opposing offenses that are cooking, offenses that are able to light up the scoreboard like the Bills. How do the Bills aim to go about this game? Brian Dable versus Bill Belichick. That that's that's it right there. That's it right right there. Brian Dable versus Bill Belichick. This is going to be a game right here, man. And you know, I'm I'm a, I'm you know the way. See, Bill Belichick, if he could take out the way I see it happening, because you know he likes to take out whatever, however your offense is built. Whatever your best, whoever your best weapon is, that's the weapon he wants to take out. And their best weapon, I mean, outside of obviously their QB that can, you know, pass, throw the ball deep, you know, he can run at will, you know, he's not scared. He'll take on the, the hits and all of that. But as far as passing weapons, I mean, Stephon Diggs, I feel like if Bill Belichick, which I'm sure he will, take out Stephon Diggs, then they're going to struggle. And that's where I, I want to see Brian Dable really, you know, challenge challenge that to see if you know he can get some of these other weapons maybe run the ball cuz they ran the ball they ran the ball better this year they ran the ball a lot better this year than they have in you know last year you know in previous years so maybe they do something different here but i i really feel like if they take out Stefan Diggs which i know that's what uh, Bill Belichick is going to do then they i think Josh Allen is going to struggle and they've had mm-hmm. when they went against some really good defenses when they went against the Colts you seen with the Colts, and Colts got a, a solid deep. Last year they had a solid defense. This year their defense has been up and down, but they've played pretty pretty solid over the last few weeks here. I, I, when I'm looking at and then the Jags, I mean, they've had some, and the Jags is not respectable at all on offense or defense. 
But the the Bills, they've had these games where if their offensive weapons is not really clicking on all cylinders, then they're just they're not that good of a team. Period. They're they're, they're just yeah. they're not. You know. So mm-hmm. and Bill Belichick is really known. Like I said, we we've seen it. We've seen it with a lot of different teams. He will he will make sure that that best weapon, whatever that is, he's deep into minded God, whatever that best weapon, he will take that weapon out. So I'm curious to see how that really turns out. What Brian Dable really got formed out, I can't really answer it. Right, but I know that's what what they want to do. They want to pass the ball. That's what they're going to try to do. Now they could be proving me wrong. You know, maybe they do something a little bit different. Like I said, they've been running the ball more, so maybe they switch it up a little bit. Brian Dable used to work with Bill Belichick, so maybe I don't know. I mean, it, I mean, they've been going against each other now for the last couple of few years now. So I don't know, maybe he got something to figure out. I can't wait to see. That's the matchup I really want to see. How they it's gonna be more chess than checkers. Oh, that's sure. gonna that's gonna be a good matchup to see. And yeah, I mean that that's how I see him him attacking it. Really with the passing game, Stephon Diggs using him, utilizing him, maybe getting the running game going a little bit more, because like I said, I just don't see Stephon really having a good game. You know, and if you take out mm-hmm. him, who, who's gonna really step up? And really be able to get this team over the hump offensively. And then when you look at the when you look at the Pats, when you look at the Patriots, they've been able to do it. We've just talked about Mac Jones. We've been talking about Mac Jones over the last few weeks. I spoke about him a couple times. Henry spoke about him. You spoke about him. everybody. We've been talking about how their offense has been playing well. Now their defense is playing real well. You see well, what Patriots D is is like. It might be the best. It's one of the best defenses I think in the league right now. Bro, twenty six points in the last four weeks. That's a touchdown. Damn near. That's that's average a touchdown a week. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they they really they really been putting the clamps down. I mean, the Patriots defense right now is allowing fifteen point eight points per game on the season, yeah, leading the, whole the season. league. That's that's what I'm saying. I went from just four weeks. The whole right. season, that's that, That's what it's been. They've been 15 playing. a game. Bro, you you get two touchdowns and you don't even get a field goal. That's it. <laughs> On average. That's that's it. That's it. Guess what else is crazy, though, bro? The Bills. Guess where they rank in terms of points allowed per game? What is it, like 20? Second. 16 yeah. and a half. Let's see. Did, like, this game is my favorite game of the week. Of the week. Easy. That's I mean, why I guess it's not that weekend because it's on fucking Monday. Monday, you know right, 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 right. <laughs> but, but I hear you. Know, yeah, it's, it's week game. 13, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. yeah. But no, I'm, I'm with you, man. Like, this Patriots defense, they last – I think it's probably been since – what was it? The, the Charger game was where I was really like, okay, Bill Belichick is – I can't remember if the Charger game was before the Brown game or not. But it was somewhere like those two games, like, okay, like just completely different game plans of just masterclass show out, balling out type of killing it in terms of just how he assembled his defense for those two different teams, different ways. And it was just lights out both, both, both times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been impressive, bro. And I think the offense, I think what's more impressive, like I think with Bill, you know, cause they added a lot of talent in free agency. So we we knew what they were going to be able to do probably defensively, but we was unsure with with the offense. I mean, I mean with with Cam Newton, I mean Mac Jones. We was unsure on what they was able to do. We didn't have Mac Jones as a as a top QB or anything like that. I know CJ was really high on him. He he hit the target on him so far. I mean he's 
he's been the best QB. It's not even it's not best even, rookie QB by yeah, far. Rookie QB by far. It's not even close. You know, so yeah, I mean, this is this is turning out to really be something here, man. And and you know, and that's what they really needed. They needed that offense to really click, and that's what the offense is doing. The offense is is clicking. And Mac Jones is having fun, bro. He's not just, you know, it's not like he's just, you know, um, you know, sometimes QBs, you know, they play, they they play with the serious mode and and they're 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 hitting on, you know, they're hitting on all cylinders, they're hitting all their, you know, they're 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 wide receiving and stuff like that. And they're not really, you don't really know what kind of fun they have. Mac Jones is really having fun. You see that on the sidelines. You know what I'm saying? He's dancing, he's he's doing his thing, you know what I'm saying? And and at the end of the day, that's what you want to. That's what you want to do when you're playing this game. You want to have fun, and that's that's what he's enjoying himself. You know what I'm saying? So, this this team, man, they they're eight and they're at what eight and four right now. Eight and four. Eight and four. This this is uh, and it's cracked. I don't think nobody we I had the bill I had the Bills winning this division. I think you know I probably if I would have had I don't know if I picked who came in second I would have to go back and listen or listeners out there go back and check it out I don't know if I had Miami coming in second I definitely didn't have the Patriots winning the division No I didn't have them winning it but I think I had the Patriots ahead of Miami You did I think I, 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 I need to go back and listen to that part I probably had Miami because I mean Miami ten and six last year I'm thinking like okay two are gonna get back you know everything is the only thing that questioned me with them was the the, the multiple offense coordinators that's what really you know, I remember I was big on their offensive line, and I made this whole thing about Ted Karras yeah. being gone, who's ironically enough an offensive lineman for the Patriots right, right now. Right. Been right. starting at center, been starting at guard. Yeah, yeah, and killing. Yeah, yeah, he has. He has. And the and the Miami line is just looking like trash. But anyway, back to this game. <laughs> but like. But yeah, I was I was wondering like this with this game, like looking on the outlook, like do you think Belichick does any of his cover one double number? Like we've we've it's been known like Bill Belichick has been he'll do that against opposing teams. Like you were you were just alluding to this. Like he'll take away what you want to do the best. And so what he'll do is he'll take his number two corner, in this case, which it would be Jalen Mills. And he'll have Jalen Mills line up over the best receiver for the Bills, which is clearly Stephon Diggs. So then it'll be like one double 14, right? So it's cover one across the board. Boom, 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 boom. The extra safety who would normally be taking away the deep middle of the field, if he wants to use the safety or if he wants to use the line, he kind of changes around who that double is. And then he'll have them double 14, which is like a dedicated double, which is like both of y'all got this dude, right? He's one of the only coaches to do that. I wonder if he goes that route or if he just is like, nah, JC, JC Jackson, best corner for the Patriots right now. This is your dude. Go ahead and win that matchup. I, I like those type of things are what I'm really looking forward to see in this game. If he, if he's going to go do that. I say he doubles them, bro. Cause I think at that point, if you do that, I, I just, I, and that's where Brian Dable comes in. I want to see what he does different. I want to see who steps up outside of Stefan Diggs in that passing game. I can see this being a Beasley game, maybe. You think Beasley takes I, – I don't see it. I can see this game being like where Beasley gets like eight to nine targets. Finish about game 85 like, yards. <laughs> I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, He's not going to get no 100 yards. Yeah, right. I don't He's see not gonna do that's that. what you're going to do. But it like be a chain mover. Like if, if they go to Beasley for like four different crucial first downs throughout the course of the game. Right. You know, like, oh, I could definitely see that. 
Dawson Knox grabbing a touchdown here, Josh running one in. You know, I, I could see that happen. Who you got winning? I'm going to go with the Pats, man. I hate to say this. I can't stand the Patriots. I can't stand them. <laughs> I can't stand them. You know what I'm saying? But I'm going I'm to I'm keep it funky with you like I always do. I'm going to go 33-27. 33-27. I hope they prove me wrong. Because I think if – I really do think if Brian Dable could really – if he could really do damage versus this Bill Belichick offense – I need him as a head coach for the Raiders, period. Playoffs or mm-hmm. not. Playoffs or not for the Raiders. I need him mm-hmm. to come over here, period. Coach his team. So, I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. But yeah, I, or any team. It don't matter. I just think he needs because what he's able to do, what he's been able to do, they've had their collapses. They've had their struggles. Every team, no team is perfect. So, we've seen that. But I think if he can come in here, again, where, where the games matter, if he can come in here and really dissect this defense and really do some convincing damage to Bill Belichick defense, I'm sold. I'm already sold, but I'm really sold after that. Okay. Uh, Patriots right now are riding the longest winning streak in the NFL, sitting at six straight W's as we go into this one. The Bills, I already mentioned, and the Patriots are the two teams leading the NFL in terms of uh, fewest points scored against them on a per-game basis. These are also two of the top four defenses in the league in terms of takeaways. They're the only, well, they're one of, they're two out of four squads who are averaging over two takeaways per game. The Bills right now lead the NFL in takeaways per game at about two and a quarter per contest, while the Patriots sit just over two a game, fourth in the NFL. Mac Jones, he's been a he's been a member of our ICU segment on Sundays with how he's been able to efficiently and methodically pick apart opposing defenses. But lately, he's really been able to actually step it up and really actually been able to take shots. And we've seen that really come to fruition as the season has progressed. But nonetheless, he still throws short of the sticks at the sixth highest rate in the league, 55% of the time he's throwing short of his sticks against the bills. I think that's a pretty good thing to do. I think that's more or less pretty good thing to do a lot of different like split safety coverages. If you want to attack them underneath, that's the way to go. That's where Mac Jones excels. The bills also really excel at just taking away the big play. And when teams want to test them deep, that's where those big time turnovers. And that's where those league leading turnovers per game come into play. And I don't think Mac Jones is the type of quarterback to put the ball into harm's way like that. Bill's not going to let him do it, really, honestly. It really, really, really hurts to see that Tredavious White has torn his ACL. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Their starting corner for the Bills right over there. He, he's, Tredavious White, Trey White, allows the Bills to do a lot of different things with those safeties. Jordan Poyer, shout out to Oregon State Beaver, and Micah Hyde, those two safeties. Those guys are so interchangeable. They've played together for so long. They've played in the same system for so long. And they're so versatile in both of their skill sets. Having a guy like Trey White, who can just lock up somebody on the opposite side, allows them to do a lot within their Mabel coverages. And a quick like little branch off into what Mabel is, for people listening, is when you're, let's say there's a trips set. There's three receivers to one side of the ball, and there's one or two to the other side of the ball. 
generally you see a Mabel call when you have a three by one set. And the one corner who's on the back side of that three by one who has the guy on the one side, he's locked up in man. Everybody else is playing zone. And you can really screw with a quarterback's reads when you're able to go into that because he's going to be like, all right, that's zone over there. I don't have this. And then the court, the, the safeties can then just do different things off of that. When you have a defensive mind like Sean McDermott, the head coach for the Bills, who was previously a secondary coach for the Carolina Panthers before he came over to head coach the Bills, and you have safeties like Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, you can get real crazy with some shit you want to do in the back end. But now that Trey White is not there, I don't know if you're going to be able to necessarily call those same things at the same type of rate. So that's going to really be something that's going to impact that defense on the back end. Still got Teron Johnson, still got Levi Wallace there. Matt Milano is an excellent linebacker in coverage. And the way they cycle in those bodies up front, that's going to be something to see going against this Patriots front as well. Myself, man, I already talked about, you know, J.C. Jackson and and, uh, Jalen Mills going against Diggs. Josh Allen has been very, very up and down this year. He's been very up and down. One week, he's amazing. The next week, he is bad. (laughs) It's it's not good. I talked earlier about, on one of the earlier pods, I talked about some type of regression being in place for him. And this is what I was expecting. It's, as I said, you know, progression improvement is not linear. You're going to have years where you are bad like he was in 2019 or maybe just unproven, I would say, then years in 2020 where he's like elite level type of quarterback play. And then years in 2021, like he has right now, where he's still top 10, still a very good quarterback, right? And could still elevate his team back there, but he's not in the MVP combo right now like he was last year after we cut the turkey in late November. How would I put it? Bill's defense has been very good. Just one more touch on them. Second in pass yards allowed per game. Fifth in rush yards allowed per attempt. There is not any other single defense that ranks in the top five in terms of playing the run and the pass apart from the Bill's defense. Because of that, I'm taking Buffalo. I had Buffalo winning this division at the start of the year. I haven't seen enough to really want to sway me from that. Could I see New England winning? Definitely. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Which is why I do like that Pats on the money line at plus 130 if you want to lay down, say, your beer money but not your mortgage, as I said earlier. But for me, if I'm going to lay down a W or an L, that W is landing on Buffalo. Let me get that final score at 30 to 26 Buffalo, clearing the over by a solid margin. Actually, let me bring it down a little bit. Let me bring it down. So we got two good defenses here. That's too much scoring for me. That's too much <laughs> scoring. Let me go 24-20 Buffalo. <gasps> 24-20 Buffalo. Okay. That still Buffalo still clears the spread, but just by a point. I don't I don't really like that spread in this game. If you want to play the spread, go with the Patriots and the point there. If you want to play the spread and do so on mybookie.ag. But that was it. This week, ladies and gentlemen, the Cover Zero podcast giving you all we got to give you as week 13 kicks off tonight in New Orleans. Be sure that you're uh, setting your fantasy lineups. Be sure that uh, you're making all your bets on mybookie.ag. Subscribe to the Cover Zero podcast. 
go ahead and sign yourself up for absolutely free at the SSAW Facebook page and keep it locked with the Cover Zero podcast. Appreciate y'all. That's our show. Be sure to email us with your questions, comments, and statements to CoverZeroPodcast at gmail.com. To find all of the links to follow us on social media and also to find more exclusive content, visit us at tssaw.com. See you next week.